One, two, three. Hey, listeners. Uh, normally, this is the part of the show where you hear Mike Canary do a little thing about the guest and who they are, and he kind of waxes poetic about what the show's about. But uh, if you don't know that we make the show in Fort Myers, we make the show in Fort Myers where a hurricane just hit and did um, a lot of damage, and also we're on a news team. So we've been covering that. We've been making shows. We've been interviewing people. We've been running around a lot. So um we're really tight on time and we're really exhausted. We've been working for like three days straight now. So this is the short version. Go, Mike. Yeah, I just want to say real quick, we're going to talk to Cadence Baker. She's a senior at FGCU. She's from Bradenton. Uh, she takes a lot of classes. She likes working out and playing video games. She's been writing songs since she was six years old, self-taught on the piano, guitar, and ukulele. She plays a song at the end of the podcast. You'll hear that in a little bit. And she says, fun fact about me, you can spot me on campus with bright blue hair and one of my many pairs of Vans shoes. All right, here's the show. You can get to know Cadence yourself. Hello, Cadence. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, blue hair, how long? Uh, let's see. Probably two years now. Two years now? Yeah. Um, have you ever had it any other colors? Uh, somewhat. So I started, well, my natural color is brown, right? And then went to a navy blue, which faded to a black. Um, bleached my hair, did light blue. Um, went to blonde, and then I've been at this current blue for probably a year now. Okay. I'm curious because my daughter's on her seventh color now. Oh, yeah? She's 17. It's currently bright, bright yellow. Um, uh, did you start with, I guess maybe with brown hair, you couldn't, jello. She has blonde hair, so she was able to start with jello. Oh, no. You can dye your hair with jello, and it lasts like three days, which mm-hmm. is perfect for a middle schooler. Yeah. So anyway, so I like your hair. It's very Thank nice. You. <laughs> How many pairs of vans do you own? Oh, gosh. Uh... Too many, but not enough. Probably 10 pairs easily. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so, and I noticed you wearing them because yes. your bio said that you were, so I wanted to check. Um, so have you listened to any music yet so far today? Oh, today? Actually, yes. I was listening to uh, the songs for this podcast okay. uh, that I'd like to go into just as a, you know, refresher and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was listening to a demo of one of my songs uh, that's unreleased that I've been working on. Um because I tend to, when I'm walking to classes, I'll pull up the MP3 files that I have or the video files, and I'll listen to them, and I critique them. Understood. And then, you know, I take those mistakes, and I'm like, all right, that's, back to the studio. That's so. cool. Okay, we'll get more into your music making later in the show, but let's mm-hmm. go back to the beginning. So you grew up in Bradenton? Yes. What was the musical background of your childhood there? Paint a yeah. picture. Uh, well, it's basically just steeped in music. Um, so my name is Cadence June, right, Bacher? Um And... So cadence is a music term, um, also associated with military for rhythm and timing. Um, Cadence also means like a resting place between two musical phrases. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like cool music term there. And then June is actually, so my dad's a musician. That's where the stem of all of my music has really come from. So the name Cadence is not an accident. No, no, no. (laughs) That that was totally intentional by my dad. Like, I actually saw the list of names that they had when they were picking it out. And there was, like, melody and all these other music (laughs) terms on there. I'm glad they chose Cadence because I think it's a pretty cool name. Yeah. um, Yeah. And then June, so my dad's a musician, right? He plays electric guitar. He sings. Um, He writes songs as well. Um, So he had a ton of bands growing up that he started. He had bands when um, I was born, and one of those happened to be a punk band called June. And so my middle name is the name of the punk band that he was in around the time that I was born. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, What's the earliest musical memory you can recall if we we ask you to flashback? Oh, okay. Um, Oh, I can answer this one. Okay, so... Uh, the other huge musical influence for my family was my Beppa, which is Frisian for grandma. Um, similar Frisian, to Frisian? Frisian. It's a, it's a variant of Dutch, so similar to Oma. Um, we called her Beppa. So it's okay. Beppa and Opa for my grandparents. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, she, we would typically be at her house um, a lot of my childhood growing up. Um, so uh, we, we had like somewhat of a broken home. So my mom left my dad. My birth mom left. Um, so my dad was working a lot of jobs, so we would be at my Beppa's house all the time, uh, just me and my brother hanging out, and she had an upright piano, uh, in her living room, and she never had, like, any musical training or anything, um, but she would just play piano just by ear and stuff, and so she would, I remember we would sit at the piano and she would teach me chopsticks 
on the piano and like place my hands on the keys and then we would play it that way. Um, I think that's the first memory I have of like sitting at a piano is we would sit on the piano bench together and she would teach me how to play a little bit by ear. Mm. So, um, This next question is kind of a hard question for some people, but based on the way you described the way you make music, I think this will be something you can do. Do you remember a time when you were younger that music moved you in a way that stuck? Ooh. Um, let's see. Like, like in a sense of I heard it and then I was like, either, I want to either, pre- well, either, you know, either it's something maybe caused something emotional or it made you dance in a way, you know, it's something that it, it got your attention on a deeper level than just that's a fun song. Yeah, um, for sure. So actually when I first started getting into production and stuff as probably late middle school I had an iPad from school and I mean we weren't supposed to be doing music stuff on there but there was a music app and I made use of it so um, I was messing around with stuff on there and from that point on I started looking at music differently and I would look at how artists like I would listen to a piece and not just listen to the piece as a whole I'd be like how did they get that kit in there like what rhythms are they using um like what synth is that that I'm hearing? How did they come up with that arrangement? Um, and so once I hit that point, I don't know if it was a particular song or not, but I would have these moments where, like, I'd be sitting on the bus listening to music on the way home, and, like, a song would come on, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is the best thing. It How did using, they do It that? was moving you because it was so, like, prodigious or so mm-hmm. just done, done in a way that you were being having your mind blown. Mm-hmm. And, like, hmm. there were some times where, like, I could listen to the same song over and over and over, and the 50th time I would hear an instrument that I never heard before. And I'm like, that's such a good addition. How did I not notice that before, <laughs> you know? And so it would give me ideas for how I brought that into my own music and also appreciating, like, what artists go through to come up with a good song, like – um, cause you know, some people will hate on music or be like, you know, not all this is good. And of course, like everyone has their tastes, but, um, in general, like everyone who does music, like, and has that passion for it, there is a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of ideas and a lot of trashing some of those ideas. And then a lot of those ideas that just pop up to the top, you know? Yeah. So what was your first instrument? Uh, first instrument was piano. Okay. So yeah. you did stick with it after chopsticks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I would frequently sit at my Beppa's piano um, and play. Uh, and I would teach myself by ear. Um, so I prefer to do it that way anyways to this day because uh, music theory, I learned a little bit in uh, middle school. I took some piano lessons, so I'd get that training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got bored, so I stopped um, and just figured that I would make my own rules instead and learn yeah, that you way. You need a foundation. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. So, when did you pick up your first stringed, you know, guitar, ukulele, et cetera? So I picked up a guitar probably sixth grade. And then in seventh grade, I had a guitar class at school. Um, but I learned primarily from my dad first. And then I picked up some of the more basic things uh, through that class. And then from that, it was self-taught. Um, after that, ukulele, I picked up. Um, that's a funny story, actually. Um, so when the pandemic hit, uh, my mom, uh, ordered these build and paint your own ukulele kits for me and my brother. Cause like we were going, it was like the first or second month in of like, you know, staying at home and we were going absolutely insane. And so, um, yeah, we had these ukulele kits and I always wanted to learn. And so my brother and I each built and paint. Uh, painted our own ukuleles um, based on like one of our favorite albums at the time so he did uh, a 21 pilots album and i did ajr's the click um which was a major album for me in high school i happened to be graduating that year too i was a covid graduate um so i didn't get to walk but that that whole album meant so much to me so I painted the ukulele based on that, and it came out really good. And I'm like, well, now I have to learn to play it because, like, I Does can't just. Does it play well? I mean, can you assemble a ukulele that then plays well? Well, it, it's not a great quality ukulele, yeah, yeah. but it plays and it stays in tune. That's so, all that matters. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for a nice one, but unfortunately, the college budget uh, doesn't allow for that all the time. <laughs> Understood. Okay, well, let's get to your first song. Uh, this is the uh, hug all your friends. Yes. Do you want to tell a story? How do you want to handle this? Um. 
Let's see. I'll talk about it first. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, like I mentioned, um, so let's see. Where do I start? Okay, so senior year, right, of high school. So my school was a very – I didn't go to a traditional public school. It was kind of a charter school where you were working to get your AA by the time you graduated. And then should you graduate from that school, um, you would be given a scholarship to one of two universities, one of which which happened to be FGCU. Understood. Yeah. So um, I was in the last few months as probably <laughs> – the spring semester, finishing up my classes. We were excited to graduate. Um, and like within my friend group, one of my friends um, who I was very close with uh, was planning to move to Virginia with his family after graduation. And so that was really hard for all of us um, because he was one of the main people who like introduced a lot of good music to me and we would have a lot of good discussions on it and about life in general. Um, and yeah, so... This this was all going on, and so we were cranking out the rest of senior year. He was preparing to move. Like, all my friends were picking out colleges and all that fun stuff. And then the the pandemic hit. So after spring break, we never returned to school. And we weren't going to be able to walk the stage, and we probably weren't going to be able to see each other in person for a very long time. And this friend was moving in May. The plans didn't change. And so I was kind of devastated because well not kind of I was devastated I cried a lot because I'm like I'm a very touchy person I like hugging my friends and like just hanging out with them being social um and it was just terrible to have that isolation I was by myself like the only way we communicated was discord we would sit on call like video call um, for probably eight to 10 hours a day, we would game, we would just like talk through what was going on, but it wasn't the same as being in person. And so uh, the week of what was supposed to be our graduation, I worked it out with my parents and because um, they were like really, really cautious about everything at that time. So the the idea was I was going to take a day and I was going to drive to each one of my friend's houses. I wrote letters for them and little graduation gifts and stuff. And I wasn't going to be like, like, I was going to stay, like, six feet away from them because, you know, that was the thing at the time. And, uh, yeah, and just basically say my goodbyes if they were going. And if not, like, is a good way to say congratulations. We graduated. We actually did it. Um, so I drove to this particular friend's house. And it was really, really hard because it's kind of like a last goodbye, but I couldn't even, like, hug him. Um, but luckily we got to see each other, like, one more time before he moved out. Um, it went to Virginia, but uh, he was actually the one who introduced this song to me, Hug All Your Friends by Cave Town. So Cave Town is an um, indie artist in the UK. At the time that he showed this song to me, he wasn't super big, uh, had a very small but like loyal following. All of his songs were very well done artistically and just like I appreciated how he wrote and gave me inspiration of how I wanted to write and have people feel about my music because he touched on some very vulnerable topics um and so yeah when when hug all your friends uh was mentioned it was just um I don't know it it, it hit differently I guess during that time because I couldn't hug all my friends you know they were leaving um and we were going into new stages of life and like what happens if i never saw them in person again you know um so yeah that's that's uh where hug all your friends really had a meaning to me is because the first time i heard it versus when i hear it now the perception change because like you know there, there was a lack of that when i needed it Let's listen to it. All right, this is Cadence Bacher's first song here on Three Song Stories. This is Hug All Your Friends by Cave Town from their 2014 album, Animal Kingdom. Man, actually, like, being able to talk about that story and then, like, hearing it immediately after, like, it was just, huh. That's it's what both, Three Song Stories is about. No, it's both, like, very calming, um... Because I know I made it through that point in my life, and I know that they made it through that point in their life, and now I know that, like, you know, we can go hug all of our friends, and, like, we all made new friends and stuff, and, like, no matter, like, what happened during that time, we're still connected, and that song is very much a connecting song for me and that particular person, so... 
And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, for the rest of your life, when you hear that song, you're going to be right there at the pandemic times. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Oh, I was just literally having a conversation with my daughter last night about the fact that, you know, you and her are going to be part of that high school generation that mm-hmm. had this crazy disruption that was unprecedented, you know? Yeah. It's wild. Um, in high school, where did you fit in? Oh, gosh. Um, Were you a theater kid? Were you a band kid? Were you, no, a, uh, you know, <laughs> a high-excelling student? So I, I felt like I kind of I blended into a lot of groups. Like I, I wasn't a theater kid, but I hung out with all theater kids because I did music, but I didn't particularly enjoy acting. I wasn't very good at it. Um, and then let's see. I hung out a lot with, like, the people who did uh, – we didn't really have, like, sports teams at our school, but, like, we had PE classes and stuff. So I'd, if I had a free period, I'd go hang out with the gym class or whatever because I had friends in there. But, like, I wasn't super athletic. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, I I kept a good GPA, you know, because I got the scholarship. <laughs> but, like, I, I wouldn't say I was the smartest. So I kind of, like, I drifted between a lot of groups. Um and just kind of I found people I clicked with, like really clicked with. Um, the, the good thing about coming to this school um, was that throughout like like my time in public school up until middle of eighth grade is where I transferred. And um, I never really had any super close friends during this time. Like I, I had uh, – like looking back on it now, the value of friendship that I have now currently or over the past five years has been so much different than the friends in quotations that like I had before. Um, and so coming to this school, like I found more so of like a f- family, I guess, with peers my age. And like we were all going through the same stuff. We were like going into life together. Like we had similar interests or similar hobbies or similar bands that we listened to. And so... That's where all that connection really came. So I wouldn't say there was a particular group. I kind of just made friends with everyone. And most of those people who got the scholarship came here anyway. So I still see them around, right. you know, <laughs> run into them at the gym or like we're That's... going to classes or we're in classes together. And I'm like, I know you. Well, that is wild. Um, <laughs> so, were you making music then? You said you kind of started playing around with the iPad when you were in eighth grade. Were you making music through high school? And if so, were your friends or you know, fellow students aware of that or was that like a personal thing? Uh, They were definitely aware. Um, (laughs) So so let me tell you, I was the kid who would bring my acoustic guitar to school with me, um, but I didn't have a case. So I was just carrying a guitar around. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I was was that kid. Uh, (laughs) Were you recording stuff? Did you put stuff on YouTube? I mean, were you putting it out there for people, you know, in the world to... Here? Uh, not until the very end of high school. Um, I, I recorded and played like a lot on my own. Um, I actually worked with a few of my friends at the time in high school to like write songs. Uh, I had a friend who, you know, I had a lot of friends in the theater department and they would write musicals to be put on by the school. Um, and so I wrote some of the songs or helped with instrumentation wherever I could or harmony placement. Like, um, so, so I helped a lot with that. But as for like my own stuff, like I didn't, I didn't have a phone, I think until ninth or 10th grade anyway. So like social media and posting online and stuff wasn't really my, uh, my forte at the moment. Um, did you, but were you, um, angry about that as a teenager because you know most teen you know nowadays 12 or 13 is, yeah. is even considered late you know my daughter had to wait till she was 14 and mm-hmm. that was way late she yeah. was three years behind all her friends no i i i was i wouldn't say that i wasn't like completely okay with it but like i mean i was a bit irritated so <laughs> but like i i totally understand like my parents view on that because like now growing up like okay so i used to work in customer service at Publix, right and so i saw a lot of ipad kids and i'm like oh my gosh if i turned into an ipad kid no and my if i have kids they will not be ipad kids like i don't care if i'm the strict parent on that front i'm like it's so, oh my gosh, it, it drives me up a wall. So, yeah, I, I, like, I was a little irritated with my parents, of course. I'm like, I probably could have had it six months before I did or whatever. <laughs> but, like, I totally understand their point, especially with this day and age. I'm like, gosh, there's so many skills that kids growing up nowadays are going to miss out on. 
um, because it's just, it's all digitalized. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, You ever in any bands? No. Um, I would do like duos and like write with friends of mine and stuff, but I never really played in an actual band. I, I served at my church and I was a keyboardist there. Um, so if that counts, I was on the worship team for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I never really played in bands. Um, reason why I think would be um, as I've gotten older, I prefer to write and record and get it out there like on my own. I, I like collaborating with people, but most of like the most fulfilling things for me happen when it's just me and my instrument and I write something and I'm like, cool, that's really vulnerable and scary. And maybe I'm not right for other people to hear this. Or like if you have a band that's three, four, five of other people that you have to talk with and I mean that's rewarding in its own thing it's just not for me I also get really nervous playing in front of people um so like like I did the Eagle Radio Music Fest for two years now and while it's so rewarding and so cool to do I get terrified standing there and it's all people my age and I'm like oh my gosh I don't fit in because like there's some really talented like rap artists and other artists who get up there and talk or like sing or something and I'm like I'm playing these little sad songs on my guitar like I don't (laughs) fit in I hope they enjoy this I don't know and so it's a it's it's a I definitely like being behind the computer more so making it um, or recording it than I do performing in a band. Where do you put your music out there? I mean, where could somebody see or you know, hear your music? Uh, so I'm actually on all platforms. Uh, as of last January is when I released my first single, Isn't It Hell? Um, and since then, I've been uploading a song pretty much every few months. Um, uh, I know some people are like, you know, got to go through a strict process of like process and mix and master and stuff. But like I'm self-taught with everything I do. I kind of click buttons until I figure out how it works. And then I'm like, this sounds cool. I'm going to put it out there now. So yeah, um, I have Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube Music. I'm kind of everywhere. And just under your um, name. Yes. So if you would search, I guess the easiest way to do it, because apparently there's quite a few artists named Cadence, um, is to search a song title. So Isn't It Hell um, is probably what's going to pull up first. Um, if you want to find me on Instagram, it's cadencebacher.music. Two Ks. Yes. To the listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that would be... Um, the best thing because I have my links and stuff in my bio. But yeah. Um, before we get to your second song, so we usually ask, when was the last time you bought music that had physical form? But have you ever bought music that had physical physical form? I actually have. Um, so I have a record player at home. Okay. And then that doesn't I have, surprise me too much yeah. <laughs> with blue hair. <laughs> I have a ton of uh, CDs as well and everything. Um, let's see. When's the last time that I bought something? Let's see. I actually don't know if if I bought anything as of recently that was, like, physical form. I've had my eye on a lot of things, but, you know, same problem of college budget. What do you hope to buy next? Okay, so this is, like, my top wish list item. I'm looking for, um, which I'm actually going to talk about it next. It involves one of the songs, but Death Cab for Cutie released an album called Plans, and I've been looking for this album on vinyl forever. And I'm just about, like, I check out record stores and stuff first because I like supporting that kind of thing rather than just going straight to Amazon. Um, but it's getting to the point where once I have the money, I might as well start looking for Amazon because, like, that's my dream vinyl to have um, as well as, you know, other things. Uh, so I listen to K-pop, so which is kind oh. of a weird genre. But, yeah, that's a little yeah. different than everything cave cave town yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i listen to a lot except country um i don't really like pop country so i don't listen to pop country but pretty much everything else i listen to but there's a few k-pop albums i'd like on vinyl i have them on cd um so okay well nice segue into uh, death cab for cutie so yeah that's your second song how do you want to handle this one um Let's listen to it first. Okay. Uh, this is uh, Cadence Bacher's second song here on this week's episode of Three Song Stories. This is Brothers on a Hotel Bed by Death Cab for Cutie from their album Plans, released in 2005. Like brothers on a hotel bed. So what's the story? 
All right, so um, I guess we should start at the beginning because uh, Death Cab isn't one of those bands that most people uh, my age has heard of. Um, but uh, so, like I said, my dad was into a lot of punk bands, right? And so, growing up, uh, he had his iPod in his truck that had like so many songs on it, and um, he would play like all these different punk bands, uh, like Thrice and Circus Survive. Uh, Old Paramore, which I've taken quite a liking to. Um, and then Death Cab was also on there. And Death Cab was the first band on there. I kind of hated all of his music that he listened to up until <laughs> middle school. Did he um, know you hated it? Yeah. Okay. Like, me and my brother would complain, and now we both love it. So it's kind of funny how the tables turn Good there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, Death Cab was one of those things that he would play a lot. And this particular album... Um, there's a lot of memories tied to it, uh, both for me, for him. Um, and it was actually, we went to see their last concert uh, in Orlando a few years ago. That was, it's one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Because uh, like the sound design, the lighting, everything was just beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's something that came from that. Uh, the There's a song on there called What Sarah Said that um, was my parents' Um, when my dad proposed to my now stepmom, um, they were like dancing in the living room to this song. And then he got down on one knee and popped the question. And what Sarah said is a, a song about spending the rest of your life with someone till death do us part. So it was very cute. So every time I hear that song, it's a good memory. Um, you and, just slipped a little fourth song story in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there's a ton there. But the, the main one that I want to focus on is that song, Brothers on a Hotel Bed. So this song um, has a lot there because, to be honest, I never really understood the song up until probably the past six months. Like, I would listen to the song and I'm like, instrumentally, it's beautiful. Vocally, like the lyrics, everything, it's just... I find it to be a very beautiful, very soothing song, um, somewhat bittersweet in the tone and everything, but it has like that hopeful undertone to it, um, which is nice. But um, for this for this particular song, so we were, let's see, my family's on a road trip, uh, August 2020. It was, you know, the last hurrah before I moved to college. So we went on a road trip to uh, Blue Ridge Mountains in Georgia um and we were staying in a cabin and stuff so we were driving the blue ridge parkway um Which a lot is of beautiful. hiking oh my gosh it's <laughs> like if i could go whenever i get rich i have some plans and one of those plans is to get a cabin up there for like christmas or something yeah. and just go there every year like that'd be awesome um but yeah it's absolutely gorgeous i love hiking i love mountains um i love the greenery up there like it's just it's so stunning and so um a lot of this we would be driving, right? Because it takes like two or three hours to get everywhere, it seems. Um, but I was okay with that because I could just listen to music, you know, look out the window, take a nap if I needed to. Um, so Death Cab's Plans album is kind of my road trip album because um, all those songs are like, they're mellow, but like they're still cool to listen to. And like, I don't know, I just, I can't get sick of this album. I've listened to it so many times. And Brothers on a Hotel Bed would play and it finally like started clicking a little bit for me because it has that bittersweet tone. Um, and I would ask my dad, like, so what's the story behind this song? Like, I'm I'm a bit confused, but like, I want to know more. But like, I don't know if I'm interpreting it right. Then again, can you ever interpret a song right? So, um, but he mentioned that this song is about a couple um, growing old together, you know, and it gets to the point where you're kind of past that honeymoon stage of like, oh my gosh, everything is great and beautiful and like they can do no wrong to you're kind of a couple and you're living together and you're going through life together and, you know, you're you're no longer sleeping in the same bed as lovers. Maybe it's more just like familiar, you know, like you're laying in bed with your friend or brothers in a hotel bed, like you're, you're lying with someone who's comfortable. And, um, so this song has the, the very first line is, you may tire of me um, as our December sun is setting because I'm not who I used to be. And it paints the picture of this couple where, you know, like if like when they started out young, you know, they're two totally different people than who they are now, which such is life. Um, but it's that 
that thing of every coming year, every December sun that sets on New Year's or something, I'm, you're not who you were at the beginning of the year, and it changes and it changes and it changes. And yet, no matter if it's still like a passionate, fiery love or just a more comfortable, like, I can be myself with this person love, like, um, that that consistence is still there. Like, they were always there. You were always there. And no matter what changes you have been through, there's that consistency of knowing that you have a safe place there. And so this song was hitting a little bit differently because I was on this road trip, right? And I'm listening to this song, staring out the window, um, and it's just beautiful scenery. Like, I was spending time with my family, which was really good. Um, and like spending time with my brother, me and my brother are really close. Um, and this song would play and I was just having this picture in my head. I'm like, I'm transitioning from a totally different thing of like, you know, passionate love of like, uh, like, you know, I'm going from high school. I graduated. We have the COVID pandemic. Like I'm leaving my family and living on my own now. I'm going to a school that's a few hours away from home. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to meet new people. I'm going to be doing different things. Like I have to survive on my own now. And having that tone from the song, like, I don't know what it was, but just something spoke to me of like, you know, even though you're going from two different places, you know, and it's going to be totally different, like there's still going to be a consistency there. Like there's still going to be people who love you, who support you, and even as your December sun is setting, you won't be the same person and change is inevitable. So you have to learn to be OK with that and go with it. Um, and so, yeah, it was just and even now, like the the meaning of the song will change to me to listen to. For the rest of your life, yeah. it will change. That's what's neat. Which that's what that's kind of what the song. Exactly. It's sort of to meta. Me, the change, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which it's normal in life, but it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing necessarily. I mean, it sucks. Like, trust me, I I hate having things that change. I hate having things out of my control. That's probably part of the reason I work solo for a lot of things is because, you know, I get to set the tone. If I make a mistake, it's on my part, you know, not anyone else's. So, but like, that's, that's part of what happens with change. You have to get used to that. And so that song was kind of that subtle reminder of like even though things are changing like there's still going to be consistencies hmm. like there's still people around you who care and you know maybe change is a good thing you know a good thing to be embraced at times so i always say life is change yes like that, like that that's what life is that's yeah. what living is mm-hmm. if you aren't changing then you're not living yeah um what was Florida Gulf Coast University like for you when you got here? I mean, you knew you were going to go here, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you had you had you earned your family spent any time down here in Southwest Florida? Like, what was it like when you got here? Yeah, so uh, we did the so my school would do a tour your junior year, um, where we would come for the oh gosh, what was it? I forget what it's called, but they have like an event in February where juniors or seniors get to come down with their high schools and tour the campus and everything. And so the moment that like I came here and I saw the campus and I saw like the people like um, a the size was perfect. I don't like overly large or overly small. So like being a medium sized It's the Goldilocks campus, school. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, like it's just big enough to feel like I'm getting the mm-hmm. college experience, but I'm not going to be like overwhelmed walking for 30 minutes everywhere. Um, so that was cool. Um, another plus was that my financial aid like covered everything here. So financially is a great choice. And then the campus is just gorgeous. It's natural Florida, which I really liked and appreciated because a lot of schools or areas nowadays are like very landscaped, manufactured. And I'm like, give me like natural Florida. Like what's it like in the wild? And I heard they had nature trails on campus and like there's the commitment to, um, all of their, um, sustainability yes that's the word thank you (laughs) um they had the food forest which uh i've actually been there quite a few times i've participated in an event there um as well the music forest last year uh, i'm familiar yeah i know you guys heard about it from (laughs) fernando so shout out to fernando um but uh yeah i'm like i was just amazed by the beauty of the campus like the facilities um, and then the the entrepreneurship school popped up my first year there, and I immediately um, went and talked to my advisor, and I'm like, yo, I want to add a minor to my degree again. So I, I was business management, 
and then I had a minor in marketing, and then I took one entrepreneurship class here, and I'm like, okay, I want another minor, so I added a year on my degree and another minor, um, but I'll be graduating this spring, so it'll be a uh, cool. You, you said you graduated with your AA, so you started yes. here as a junior? Yeah. Okay, so, so you added a year, but it's still only going to be three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for you. Yeah. So it's, it's been a uh, it's been good. So I honestly, if I could stay here for longer, I would definitely pursue more education. Maybe grad so, school. Possibly. What so, are you going to school for? I mean, you're like a musician with blue hair, but I you're know. a marketing major, or what? You know, that's kind of yeah. an odd combination. Um. So basically, I picked business because it's a very general degree. Can get a lot of jobs, and I do like uh, the the creative aspects of marketing and entrepreneurship. Um. And being able to learn that side of things of a business. So I have a few ideas in mind for, you know, business projects I want to start. You one don't of have them. to tell us them so oh, nobody steals them. That is okay. That is okay. okay. <laughs> so there's one I'm working on now um, that's fun, but it involves like a lot of social media presence. And ugh, I'm so busy already. I don't know why I do this to myself. I'm like, oh, new project. Let's start it. And I'm like, but what about the 52 other ones I have? Um, so it never ends. But uh, yeah, um, I'm just business because I guess it's a general degree. And honestly, I want a job that makes me money so I can do music stuff. So because it's not it's not a cheap hobby. So. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is runway program? That's part of the entrepreneurship. Yes. Thing? Yeah. So that's where I've done a lot of my work uh, so far. So I actually um Actually, should I give a description on it? Yes. Okay. So the runway program um, is run by the entrepreneurship school where it's kind of like an extracurricular thing. You don't get credit for it. You just kind of choose to do it. Um, And for a whole semester, you get assigned a mentor in the entrepreneurship college um, that you meet with weekly. um, And you go to workshops weekly and learn how to take an idea that you have for your business or a current business that you're running and learn how to do it like from start to finish of like launching it. Um, And at the end, it's run as a shark tank where if you completed all the workshops um, and met with your mentor and everything and you're ready to pitch and you hit a certain amount of hours contributed, I think you have to hit 80 hours your first run through um, of like hours contributed to the project. Um, then you are eligible to pitch for funding and you can get up to 10K for your business to start it. So um, I started with my music project first, which was inspirational to learn how to take it as a business angle rather than just a creative project. Like how do you get more people to know about it? Um, Because unfortunately with how social media is and everything, like you almost have to be on something to share. Um, so I tried out Twitch for a little bit and did live streams. Um, I said, was that nerve wracking? Oh, yes. Seems like from what I've learned of you so far, that must have been nerve wracking. So it was, but, uh, I preferred it to live shows okay. because I could just play and you it was my. You pretend like nobody was even. Yeah. Like play like just... nobody's watching me on Twitch. Uh-huh. And I had some <laughs> people who would like, that I n- never knew that would just pop in the chat continuously to hear me sing. And I'm like. That's kind of cool. I like this idea of, like, people hopping in and out that, like, you never meet in person, but, like, they pick your channel and they like hearing you. So that's kind of cool. But, yeah, so I hopped around a bit for that. And then I'm doing my current business project now, um, which is called Venue. The goal is to connect um, local entertainers and venues together because, you know, with COVID and everything and we're recovering from that, the live music scene really took a hit and so did everything that was entertainment wise. And so for people like me who say you're in a new area or something like here at Fort Myers, like I don't know a ton of the music scene around here because um, you have Fort Myers and you have Naples and there's like a few open mics that I know of in the area. But there's not like a hub spot that you can figure out, you know, what's going on, where can I play at, who do I inquire to. Nice Guys Pizza in Cape Coral. Yeah? They're a music venue. All the cool kids go there. You'd fit right in. Awesome. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'll have to get that name from you after too. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, so that's the project I'm working on is almost like a network to make it easier. So like say you do stand-up comedy and you want to find like an open mic to go to on a Friday night. Like it's so much easier to do that if there was a system in place for it. 
um, that would connect those people and bring out that local community in the art. And then, like, you know, people in the community could be like, hey, I want to go see an open mic somewhere. And that comedian gets recognized. And they're like, yo, I really like this dude, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it just creates that <laughs> that network, that community, um, which I think really took a hit, you know, in the past few years. But it's coming back strong. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, before we get to your third song, um, you've been to many concerts. Yes. Uh, as of recently, no. Um, but, well, that's not true. So I would go to a few concerts before the pandemic. Um, and then after the pandemic, some things changed. I actually had a graduation trip planned with some of my friends. We were going to go see AJR. Um, and that got canceled. And then they rescheduled it. And then that got canceled. So that was off the table. Uh, my dad was going to take me to a Circus Survive concert. Um for one of their album anniversaries that I was really excited for. Same thing, got rescheduled, canceled, rescheduled, canceled. They just took it off the table and everyone was refunded. And so really upset about that one. Um, Luckily, I went to a concert last fall for one of my favorite EDM artists, uh, Porter Robinson. Um, And that was in Orlando. I went with a friend of mine. And that was the first concert I've been to, like, post-pandemic, I guess, like yeah, post-2020. Yeah. Uh, Post-shutdown. Yeah, yeah. That would be a way to put it. Uh, so that was, oh my gosh, so fun. And then, so we plan to go to another concert this fall. Um, unfortunately, uh, things worked out where it fell on a day that I have classes. And the one class that I would have to skip in order to <laughs> go to this concert um, has an exam that day, and the professor will not move the exam. Mm. I can't take it early, so I have to go sell my tickets now because mm. I can't get up there. It's very sad, but I just bought— You could just fail that class. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought about it. I'm like, can I can I skip the exam And like, because he drops an exam grade? But like, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but then uh, because I was sad, um, one of my other new and upcoming artists that I follow— um, says he's doing his first show in Florida that's two hours away from us. And so I have a friend who listens to his music, immediately bought tickets. Uh, his the- name's Ethan Bortnick. He's kind of a TikTok personality that blew up. Um, that's where most of his marketing comes from, I think. Um, but my brother sent me one of his songs like a year ago. And he's he's basically like a piano prodigy, but sings and does like other production stuff too. I know that too. name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did a song called Cut My Fingers Off, which blew up. And then he just uh, released a song called Engravings, which also just blew up past 14 million streams and stuff. So, um, yeah, he's he's a bit of a newer artist on the scene, but he's growing really quickly. I'm in his Discord server, and so as soon as I saw the announcement of, like, we're selling tickets, it's in Florida, I'm like, I checked the address. I'm like, I can drive there. It's a Saturday. I don't have anything to do, so I bought the tickets. So, awesome. Yeah, that's my, my next concert to attend. Okay, well, it's third song time. Awesome. You are my sunshine. Yeah. You want to tell a story, or you what do you want to do? Um... Let's listen first. Okay, so like I told you before the show, because you didn't specify an artist, I went through and found a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> so just for uh, you know knowledge's sake, You Are My Sunshine was originally recorded in 1940 by Jimmy Davis with Charles Mitchell's orchestra. That's like where the song began. But there's like a million versions, obviously. We're going to listen to the Johnny Cash version. Yes. Take it away, Jared. Please don't take my sunshine away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, so what's the story? Ah, well, this one's a, this is a pretty pretty uh, sentimental one to me. Um, so, so that chorus, You Were My Sunshine, the part that everyone knows. Um, so growing up, uh, like I said, I spent a lot of time at my Beppa's house, right? Because my dad was working two to three jobs to keep food on the table to keep me and my brother, you know, at our house. And um, so we spent a lot of time at her house. And so sometimes we would sleep over there, you know, because my dad was going to be working really late and there was no way he could get us. So we had sleepovers at Bubba's house. So um, I remember that there were um, 
a lot of times were like when we would go to bed, like my Beppa would tuck me in um, and I had this. I slept in the, the guest room upstairs and my brother slept in uh, a different room. And my guest room had like these pretty pink flower sheets and everything. And so I was always really excited to sleep over at her house as a little girl. And um, when she tucked me in, um, I typically, for some reason, I guess, I would typically lay on my stomach. I guess. And so she would rub my back like in circles, like as I went to sleep and she would hum or sing, you are my sunshine to me. And that's how I fell asleep a lot of the times. Um, So that song means a lot to me, especially because my Beppa was basically my second mom for a lot of my life until my stepmom came into the picture um, because she was always there for me and my brother. Um, Unfortunately, she uh, she smoked a lot, and so she passed from lung cancer uh, my seventh grade year in school. So that was that was really hard because she was the one who got me started in music, and um, she did so much for my brother and I. And um, I don't know if you've ever had to watch someone walk through cancer, but seeing that physical mental deterioration is so heartbreaking to watch um and so i uh <laughs> i really miss her but um you know i know she's doing good up in the clouds so no more pain so that's good um but yeah that that song means a lot there for me and then uh flashback to my freshman year so i had just started dating my now boyfriend um, at the time. And uh, I was going through, you know, like a lot of freshmen do, I was going through a lot, getting used to the transition of like living on my own and how am I going to like take care of these classes? Like I had a lot of pressure on me. So I was, um, I'd had a lot of uh, morning anxiety where like I couldn't get out of bed. I had to call off work a lot because like I, I physically could not get out of bed. I was shaking so badly, like I couldn't think straight. Um, I'd have like a lot of panic attacks during the time. So, uh, a few of these occasions, the very first one, um, my boyfriend came over to like try and help me calm down. And so I was just laying in my bed and he was sitting next to me. Um, and he starts humming, you're my sunshine. And I never told him the meaning behind that. And I just instantly like felt so calmed and, uh, (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was just is a really special thing, and to this day he still sings it to me. Like if I'm having a really bad day, he'll just like you know go in and hug me, and he'll be like, "You are my sunshine." And yeah, he is kind of cute too because yeah, he doesn't know like all the words, but he just knows the "You are my sunshine" part, and he hums the rest. And I don't know, it's it's very touching and very um, heartwarming, and just it 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 will immediately calm me down if I've had like a really rough day or if I'm overthinking too much. Um, Yeah, I actually, uh, before coming on the podcast, I had him look over all the songs that I was doing and I had him read through like the the ideas and memories behind each one. And apparently I never told him. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) ask. I never told him what the song meant. That must have blown his mind. Yeah, he, he was just sitting there and he's like... I had no idea that that song meant so much to you. And I'm like, I honestly thought I told you. <laughs> I thought I told you this, but it was it was a good moment for him too. So um, I don't think he plans on stopping singing that anytime soon now. Maybe he'll so, learn the rest of the lyrics yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that, that song really, really means a lot to me because it reminds me a lot of my childhood. Um you know, just being very calm, very peaceful. And in today's world, it's just, it's so busy. There's so much to do. Like the constant flow of social media just never stops. There's so much to take in. So those moments where like you can really just unplug, like those few minutes before you drift off to sleep where there's like nothing going on in your head, like those moments are just so sacred nowadays. Like, when when's the last time like you could even just sit and do nothing and not think of anything and not be stressed about something? You know, like, mm. yeah, <laughs> those uh those pauses between musical phrases. If you say, "Where was your those last cadences. cadence?" Yeah. So, 
That's a great story. <laughs> um, okay, you ready for a speed round? Yeah, sure. Do you have a nickname that stuck over the course of your life that you'd be willing to share? <gasps> no. <laughs> I won't even ask why the no. <laughs> do you do karaoke? I do. Actually, that is how I um, that's how I kind of got out of my shell for singing in front of people is I started doing karaoke and open mics in my hometown. What's your uh, go-to karaoke song if you wound up at a karaoke bar? Um, Let the Flames Begin by Paramore. I'm the resident Paramore singer for my karaoke bar at home. Pull that up, Jared. Yes. We're going to have you sing along a little what bit. What was it? Let the Flames Begin by Paramore. I don't even know if my voice is warmed up for this, but uh, yeah, I scream a little bit at the karaoke. It's fun. <laughs> How close can I be to the mic? As close as you want. Awesome. <clears throat> what a shame we all became such fragile, broken things. A memory remains just a tiny spark. I give it all my oxygen. Let the flames begin So let the flames begin Oh, glory Thank you for playing along. Um, if you were a championship wrestler, what music would you enter the arena to? Oh, gosh. Um, that's a good question. I would say there's a song that I've been looping on repeat. It's called Fire Again by Valorant and uh, Ashniko, I think, is the other artist's name. So, yeah. What would your wrestler name be? Uh, Melody. No, <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I don't know. Uh, let's go with, uh, this is my tag. So I play a lot of video games. My tag is Kajiba. It's just my initials with a uh in the middle. Um, so it's really creative, you know. <laughs> so Kajiba. <laughs> Works for me. Um, this is a new question. Jared, trying out a new question. Ooh. And this falls into the same category as the nickname. Okay. What's your most embarrassing moment? Oh, my God. Wow, Okay. Uh, well, if we like want ever. To... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Man. Um, okay. So, so we're beta testing this. Yeah, question. <laughs> that, that's fine. Um, well, I guess I can get into this nickname then. So, so I took a Spanish class in high school, right? Uh, I needed a language to get my AA, so I took Spanish because I've taken Spanish before. I knew a little Spanish is cool, and my professor, I adored him. Um, he was very nice, very cool. Um, he made learning very interesting, uh, but he had he had a very like thick accent, so sometimes like it was hard to like you know see where he was going, and he could not pronounce my name. He he <laughs> tried over and over and over, and so I think I just started going by my middle name after a certain point. June, I'd just be like, June. June's like my restaurant name that I give to people so that they don't have to spell cadence. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this this particular day, he kept trying to say my name, and he went like, K, K, cake, and the whole class goes silent, and like, like it's just a bunch of high schoolers and college students, so like, it just, you know where this goes. And so everyone kind of turns to me, and he just called me cake, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I wish to just like perish on the spot. Um, so yeah, and then I made the mistake of telling one of my friends this. I was walking with two of my guy friends, and I was like, yo, my professor just called me cake on accident. It's funny. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. You know? And then apparently it has a hidden meaning that I didn't know of. Um, and so they just kept singing this song that I didn't even know the song. And then, yeah, they kept calling me cake. It's like this particular friend comes to FGCU and they continue to call me cake to this day. Uh, which, so is that the answer to the nickname question yes. that you weren't going to answer? <laughs> yeah. No, that's my most embarrassing moment is just I have never lived it down. Like I continue to get called cake and it's just uh Would your professor terrible. say June like Yoon? Yeah. yeah? He, he, his accent would like go like he, – he, he really tried. I loved him. But <laughs> <laughs> bless his heart. Um, okay. 
song you wish you could hear again for the first time? Ooh, good question. Gosh, I don't know. Uh, let's say Marching Bands in Manhattan by Death Cab for Cutie. Are there any songs that you'll avoid listening to because of the memory associated with them? Yes, Truce by 21 Pilots. Okay. If you could broadcast a song into the head of every person on the planet all at once, which song would it be? Ooh, it's a good question. How do I want to make people feel? Let's see. I'd probably pick this song by Cave Town called Home, or This Is Home. He did two different versions. Um, and I'd probably play the live at Hoxton Hall version in everyone's head. So, Why? What is it about that song? Um, it's just, it's a very comforting song. And I'm trying to remember the lyrics, honestly. Um, I haven't heard it in a while. Pull it up, Jerry. But... I can't remember what... The live version is yeah, what we're looking for. live at Hoxton Hall. Get a load of this monster He doesn't know how to communicate His mind's in a different place Will everybody please give him a little bit of space Get a load of this train ride Are there any albums that you prefer to listen to in their entirety? Or are you all piecemeal? Uh, yes, Death Cab for Cutie Plans. I I'd was listen. thinking that yeah. was probably one. Um, there's another album. Oh, gosh, what is it called? Uh, Riot by Paramore. I'll listen all the way through. Um, there's a Porter Robinson album, Nurture. I'll listen all the way through. Uh, the Arcane soundtrack. I'll listen all the way through. Yo, the Arcane soundtrack. Wow, I'm glad you brought that up. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you enough how much I love Arcane. I'm actually yeah. rewatching the show tonight. It's so great. gonna cry a lot. It's really <laughs> cool. So yeah, I'm a so I play League of Legends, the game that that show is based on, and mm-hmm. I also play their uh, FPS Valorant. So when I heard they were making a show and all the music collaborators they had on it, I lost my mind. And it's one of the best shows I've ever seen. Imagine to people out there yeah. listening who don't know what she just said, she's referring to a video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. What would your 14-year-old self think of who you are today? Oh, man. I feel like it'd be two responses of either, wow, you did really well, you're so cool, or... What are you doing with blue hair? <laughs> I was going to ask the blue hair question. So. Yeah. Um, I, when I was younger, I was like, I really like my natural hair color. Like, I'm never going to dye it. And then I discovered blue hair. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm dyeing it. So I wasn't allowed to at Publix. And then I was planning on quitting anyways. So I dyed my hair bright blue, like this color. And they told me to get a wig. So I got a wig for a month. And then I quit. Hmm. So I'm no longer at Publix. Have, you, free. Ever, <laughs> have you ever played uh, Life is Strange? Yes, I have. Okay. I haven't played it, actually. I've watched... Is that um, a video game? Yes, yeah. it's okay. a uh, storytelling video game where, you, where you're, um, you go through a story, right? Mm-hmm. And there are options or uh, text box options, right? And that changes the story as you... It's like a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, has anybody ever compared you to the... Um, what's her name? The one, the girl with the blue yeah, hair um, with the guitar. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually had someone comment that. And then also because of the style of music I do, uh-huh. um, an artist that I love listening to, Novo Amor, um, he did one of the soundtrack songs for Life is Strange, either one or two. And so I've had my music compared to his a lot because I actually played one of his songs at Open Mic. And they're like, ah, oh, you must like Life is Strange. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> I know of the game. That's Very fun. good game. So, yeah. Okay. It's time for you to recommend three people. Awesome. Okay. Well, first off the bat is uh, Nori uh, Aaronfield. I think that's how you say his last name. Um, he's just... Um, Gosh, so I had the honor of working with him for the Music Forest project that Fernando had put together, and we worked through writing an original song for the event, which was performed in uh, the music hall, Um, and Nori had such insight and knowledge about everything like he gave his input on the lyrics on how things were going to look like production wise, what could this look like, like, and he's so inspiring and Mm. so like knowledgeable like his personality is just wonderful 
Um, which leads me to my second person, I think, would happen to be his girlfriend, uh, Emmy Capilla. Capilla? I don't know how to say her last name either. Um, but yeah, uh, she is wonderful. Um, I actually met her at the Music Forest event and um she's they work as a duo for his own music to be released she's very artistically inclined um and just overall like i think could have a lot to talk about um the third person i would recommend um would be um christopher james music so i actually know him through uh, a few different things. So he worked on a radio show that I listened to growing up for a little bit. Um, and then at my hometown, I work at a cafe that's like cafe by day, music venue by night. So he'd come in for coffee like every week or so. Um, and I'd chat with him and he and my dad have done some music together as well. And so I just, um, I love his style of music and how he thinks about things. And so I think that um, he'd be a really great addition as well. Awesome. Well, do your best to get this in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> Any final thoughts before you play us a song? Um, yes, actually. I can uh, do a little intro for this song. So when I was thinking about this podcast and picking the songs and having You're My Sunshine as the last one, so I started writing this song um, about a few weeks ago, and it's kind of my own version of a sunshine song. Um now, the song is called And She Smiled, with a comma. And so I came up with this idea about a year ago. It's been in my notes app for who knows how long, that whenever I release my first full-length album, it was going to be called And She Smiled, and that's going to be the title track as well. But I never could write the song, and I like couldn't come up with anything for it. And then about three weeks ago, right before I left, I was watching a Nashville documentary with my parents, and all of a sudden it hits me and I'm like, oh my gosh. And my dad just sees me pull out my phone and start typing. He's like, you got something from that, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, hold on. So I went upstairs in my room and I started playing around and messing on my guitar. And I wrote the song in a day. So I'm going to play it for you guys. It's unreleased, but it will be released on whenever I decide to do that album. So Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you for being with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Media on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Richard Chinkui is co-creator, producer, and host. Tara Calligan is our online content producer and host. Audio production is by Jared the Intern Gonzalez. And our executive producer is Chris Duffis. And our theme song was made by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. And here goes Cadence with her song.
Same way a word can bring a smile to your face And even though the rain may pour I know there's someone that I do it for Sitting back, got dreams in my head I know there's someone And he said, how do you do the things that you do Give mercies to someone you don't owe it to And how do you be, oops, how do you be The one that you are Speaking gently but straight to the heart And how have you seen the things that you've seen You carry yourself despite everything And all the while she stared back silent And she smiled Keep listening. listening.